I thought I was going to live like a monk and I was just going to be out there and like meditating and walking and connecting to nature and recharging and all this stuff. turns out it's way more like college. And there are people along there who just loved to party. And it was a huge social thing that I had no idea that it was going to be so social. But you build these incredible bonds with people because you're going through a very challenging physical task. Hey there, sexy face. Welcome to Nice Work, a podcast of the world's most exclusive, all-inclusive membership club, the Super Nice Club, where we are just trying to make the world 10% nicer by every means necessary. I am your host, Todd Brilliant, and today's guest is a very cool human being. He is musician and explorer J.W., or W. Francis, whose brand new album, Wander Kid, just dropped on October 1st, and about which, I'm going to quote J.W., uh, he says, Wander Kid is an album about escape. It's supposed to be a gut punch of a record about an anti-hero named Wander Kid who wants to get out out of his living situation, out of his head, out of his life. This album is like looking out the car window with an urgent desire to be on the other side. It was finished during the most recent global pandemic, uh, so hopefully folks find it relatable. I did. I do. I love it. I love this record. That's why JW's on the podcast, and I hope you do too. Um, remember I said musician, and I said and explorer, right? Yeah, JW really is that. He's an explorer. Just a couple weeks ago, matter of fact, he came he came off the trail, capital T trail, bucket list trail, the almighty Appalachian Trail. He hiked over 2,000 miles in uh, something like five days. I don't know, I think, maybe, I don't know. Anyway, to, but to clear his head and to write music and just to be a, a real live human out there on the trail. And uh, he's going to talk about that. He's going to talk about that. The power of that, of just you know, walking one step at a time into your future, but uh, being present fully while you're doing it. Uh, he's going to talk about his music, his art, his new record, his fascinating life. Seriously, you'll understand what I mean. You'll understand that it's not hyperbole when I say fascinating. And the new new records that he uh, hasn't even conceived, you know, but uh, they're already clearly a uh, twinkle in his eye, kind of like how uh, maybe you talk to your friends about those kids you're going to have one day. Or maybe uh, you already have kids and you used to talk like that. We're going to play a new song from JW from Wonder Kid during this podcast. And uh, if you like what you hear, which you will, you can find the rest of his work wherever you stream or, you know, you can pick up a record, you can buy a record or a CD from JW himself. Uh, you can even learn how to win a record if you listen closely to this podcast. The links to all that stuff, to find all JW stuff are in the show notes, or you know, you can just Google JW Francis and voila, the internet. It's, it's magic. It's a magic thing. Um, until it disappears, you know, like magic, which it probably will one day. 
in our lifetimes. Uh, uh, so on to some super nice club business. First of all, thank you for being in the club. Uh, if you're not in the club, just follow us on one of Mark Zuckerberg's soul-enriching platforms. Or even better, go to our website. Uh, sign up for our guaranteed-to-be-funny and always-nice newsletter. Guaranteed. Because uh, if it isn't, you can just unsubscribe. And for extra bonus points and to really join the club, you can text bonus points right now to 310-421-0393. We always repeat phone numbers, right? 310-421-0393. All right. Hope you, hope you text me. Hope you text me. I really do. Be great. Well, my, my pocket would be buzzing with, with the bonus point deep club members. Ready for this? All right, let's do this. Turn off everything else, tune out the rest of the world, and drop in to nice work with J.W. Francis. J.W. Francis. Hey, man, good morning. Welcome to the Nice Work Podcast. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Where are you exactly right now? Exactly right now. I'm in Waverly Place... That's the street in Brooklyn, near the Brooklyn Navy Yards uh, in New York City, New York, United States of America, planet Earth, baby. I knew I was going to regret saying exactly. Just slipped in there. <laughs> You're like, don't give me an exact address. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now the stalkers are coming for you. Oh, that's awesome. I know. So you're yeah, Brooklyn. You, yeah. uh, we'll but you're out. just there for a little bit longer, right? Aren't you about ready to, to take off and uh, get on over to England? Yeah, man. I actually have been very, very on the move. I actually walked from Georgia to Vermont this year. Went on a big old walk along something called the Appalachian Trail. And then I made my way down here to New York just a week ago. And in another week, I'm going to fly to the UK and start living the dream playing my music every day for people so it's been quite a quite a crazy time this year you walked okay that's yeah. cool that's that's what two thousand miles yeah about i did about 1600 of it yeah that's got to take what like five five or six days about week, four maybe <laughs> four months walking along the appalachian trail that's one of those the Appalachian Trail. What's the other one out here? The Pacific uh, Crest yes, Trail. Yeah, right. These, 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 these are massive bucket list things for a lot of folks. A lot of folks that I know, the outdoor community. Uh, you go and you watch the trail. That's just. It seems to most of us, I think, nearly impossible. But then again, it's just walking, which is what, as humans, we're awesome at doing. Right. Is the really beautiful thing about the activity of walking is that it is the simplest thing that you can do, and it also is the thing that amazes people the most. Because so I'm right now kind of in recovery. You can't. It turns out just stop walking. You just can't. Like your body will just kind of like twitch, and like I like have like restless leg syndrome at night if I don't walk for like three hours a day. So now I'm seeing friends, and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm in." midtown or whatever and i'm like okay i'll walk there from brooklyn and they're like what you can't do that i'm like oh yeah you can you can just walk across the bridge it just takes three hours of walking they're like oh my god what i'm like yeah it's it's the easiest thing ever 
And it's also such a beautiful pace, isn't it? You know, it's like when you're exploring an area, even bicycles are too fast, in my opinion. You know, in terms of you just miss things. You miss. Yeah, it comes back to a human scale. It does. You know, by the time you smell something on a bike, you've already passed it. Now, in a car, you can't smell it. But when you're walking, the sounds, the sights, the smells, whatever texture is in the air, the dampness, it's all synced up with yeah. what you're experiencing the texture and you get- of the ground i really love looking at the ground i was obsessed with manhole covers for a while because it turns out they're not all poop you know they're all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy they're internet lines and telephone wires and and some of them are unexplained and like and then there's like those little markings on the grounds you have in cities that look like graffiti yeah. but they're like they're telling construction workers where things are like there's all these languages that happen specifically in cities. Well, I mean, it's even more fun in nature, I think, because you're getting all these natural communication systems around you um, that you don't get if you're going too fast. You got to slow down. That's that's incredible. I want to talk more about your Appalachian Trail hike. But if we start doing that right now, we're going to leave behind the fact that you are an amazing musician who's about ready to head out on your, I might correct me when I'm wrong, which I will be a lot, your first headlining tour, right? That's right. I mean, uh, I guess first headline tour of the UK, I did do a little okay. headline tour of the West Coast, but that was like completely DIY, completely self-organized. I had a different band in every town. It was very scrappy kind of deal. Not a lot of people came out, but it was just like the fact of doing it. And this is like my first tour with a label and a booking agent and like, I'm a big boy now and yeah. I haven't played a show in over 500 days because of COVID. So it is all kind of surreal. And I quit my job and got rid man. of the apartment. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm all Expect- in. All expectations, man. All the chips are in. All the yeah. chips are in. And it's just like, but it's funny because like if this flops, yeah. I don't care. I got another album. And if that one flops, I got another one after that. I feel like Michael Scott, when he gets kicked out of uh, Dunder Mifflin, he's like, I will (laughs) never stop making paper companies. I will never stop making albums. So if you don't buy it, (laughs) I don't care. But please buy it, you know. (laughs) Wait for the next one. Well, this is great. You are the the 81st guest on this podcast, and you are the first one. Because, you know, the, the focus of this, of our conversations are, are really often around when people took that leap of faith, when they decided to go from what they were doing, which wasn't fully pleasing to what they wanted to do, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe the initial jump, they, they, they always did what they wanted to do, but coming out of college, they had to defy expectations or do something different or whatever. But here you are, you're the first one who, as we talk, you are mid-flight, I'm in flight. Right? You are mid flight. You know, you're looking down. You are across the gap right now. The chasm is beneath your feet. You don't know how you're going to land. There's not really a um, plan B. <laughs> no. So, this is great. We get to get you in the middle of it. And, folks, you're going to listen to his leap. You're going to listen to the new record, Wander Kid, which is going to drop in four days from now is that right is it october 1st whatever friday is tuesday wednesday thursday friday yeah four days for us but who knows like when you're listening to this could be like 
This could be your first time you listen. This could be June 10th, 2035, you know, after WonderKid has become a cultural signpost, a global <laughs> classic, right? So if that's you, if that's you, future listener, just know that we were thinking of you right here and right now on September 27th, 2021. So it's just like, it's proof that it's possible to reach across time and space and connect, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We're thinking of you, future listener. All right, sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so um, I'm going to have you talk us through WanderKid, but why don't we just, to get people excited, since we've been drifting a little bit across the trails and, and the space-time continuum, we're going to jump in and we're going to listen. Uh, we're going to do a little listen, which is fun, right? That is very we're fun. We're going to do... A little listen to, I think it's your latest, uh, Only With You. Is that the latest single to drop? Or one yeah. of the latest? Let's rock Only With You right now. And everybody, turn up the volume. Get in a place where, where you're ready to just kind of listen to music. We'll give you three seconds to get into that, that music jam space. Ready? Three, two, one. Press play. JW, press play. Play.
Damn, I love it. I just love, I love the song. I do. It's simple and it's upbeat. I mean, but is it though? That's what I was wondering. Cause I, I went on, a, I kind of, I had to write down the lyrics. So I couldn't find mm-hmm. a lyric transcriber. Is it that simple? There's a line in there I want to talk about, if you don't mind. Oh, yes. You sing, I know I can tell you everything. It's better to wait is what you'll hear from enemies yeah. at the waiting room gate. So what I want to ask you is, do you mean like wait to tell someone everything? Or is there like an implied risk here in being that naked and open with yourself? Yeah, Yeah, I really, well, the funny thing is, is there's always a meaning that's like personal to me that when I was writing that I was in some headspace and it usually has to do with like a narrative in my life that is like not necessarily totally related to the world of the song, which is. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, ugh, I should really be better at that. But other times I'm like, I like throwing in those lines for me because what happened, what this is actually an older song that was going to be on the first album. And I finished my first album in May of 2019. And I was looking to shop it around like get on a label i was like i want to do this right and everything like that and i took it to somebody and they were like oh yeah just so you know like this would not come out until q1 2020 it was like the first time i'd heard like music industry terms speak to they're like this would be from q1 2020 but you should definitely sit on this you know wait and wait and wait to come out with this and um that was the most frustrating thing I'd ever heard that like, so I finished this amazing thing. I was like, it's not, it's not going to come out till Q1 2020. It didn't come out actually until November, 2020 when my first album came out. Um, and, but it kind of fits with the whole theme of this whole album, which is like, there's no time to wait, like go, go now, go quit your job, go walk in the woods, go do your thing. Waiting is what you'll hear from the enemies at the waiting room gate while you're just sitting there waiting, you know, it's like, so I was just like, that's, yeah, I was like, there's no, you can't. And so it kind of fit with the whole theme of the album, but that specific line was like written about people telling me to sit on music. I was like, no, I got to get it out now. Well, this is what's so great about storytelling, right? Whether it's music or whether it's a fiction or film or whatever, because we all get to read something into it, right? Everybody gets what they need out of it, you know, but I was listening to it and I, I, and maybe this is me, like, you know, just self-reflection, but I felt like that there was an undercurrent of dissatisfaction and of real frustration, you know, that's the um, whole album. Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole album is like, there is a dissatisfaction and frustration. It was supposed to be like this kind of gut punch. Right. But it's all jankly happy. Exactly. That's the thing, right? That's it's jankly happy. And your videos, you're such a charismatic, effusive guy in the videos. And then, and the, and the lyrics on the surface, they're pretty happy. And then I'm like, wait a minute. It's kind of a public confessional here. A little exactly. Bit. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yes. I love when people get that. Because a lot of times I get interviewed and people will be like, you're just the happiest guy ever. And you're just always happy. And you make happy music. Good. And I'm just like, are you listening to the songs? I'm also sad. <laughs> well, your last record, you kind of visited the same idea, the same line on the song, Everything. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that that same kind of idea. That's where I'm like, wait a minute. He's he keeps going back to this sort of idea. Is it a stretch? Maybe this is a stretch here. But like we were saying, like this, like a, a public confessional, like 
everything or only with you, which are kind of dealing with similar things. At least oh. they seem like it. Does it provide for you uh, a similar, similar, how do you say that word? Similar? Does it provide a similar release for you as like a one-on-one connection? When you do it, when you write the song and you're, and, and you're giving it to the public, is that therapeutic in the same way? Totally, 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 totally. I'd say like the most valuable for me is actually like making the thing, but um, really like interacting with it as an external piece of music. So like my mm-hmm. favorite thing is to like write something, demo it out, get it sounding tasty, put it on my private SoundCloud, and then just walk around listening to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and like it is so cathartic. It is like finally this is what I wanted to listen to. Like, uh, this is, this is, I need just sometimes you just got to make the stuff that you want to listen to. And you're like, yeah, that is, uh, that feels really fulfilling in a way that like scratches an itch. Everybody has negative emotions of like loneliness and all these kinds of things. And there's a great fulfillment. You can be get with being with other people and friends and family, but there's something really special that is kind of, it feels like honoring your inner world, if that makes sense. Like everyone carries around this inner world that's so rich. And so, and that's what I love about music is that it actually taps into that. And sp- people are like, oh, I have that inside of me too. And like, you know, and, and so tapping into that and making music like that, that's what it's all about for me is just kind of exploring that inner world. And because I don't even know about it. I'm discovering at the same time as other people sometimes, <laughs> you know. And won't it be interesting 20 years from now to, to go back and listen and reconnect with younger JW, right? Yeah, You'll be able to do that, which is a beautiful thing. All right. So let's let's really – this is the, the promotional part, folks, listening, because this is a podcast. JW is on here to share his inner workings, but he's also got to make a living, and he has a new album October 1st, whenever you listen to this, maybe it's new, maybe it's not new, but it's still available out there somewhere. It's called Wander Kid. All right. What's your label? Sunday Best Recordings. Sunday Best Recordings. And Sunday Best Recordings has done a lot of cool stuff with a lot of cool bands. Just a great label to check out. Oh, do you see David Lynch is signed to Sunday Best Recordings? Oh, really? <laughs> the director. Uh, no, he's amazing. I read a couple of David Lynch books, as a matter of fact. Really? Uh, he has books? He has books. He has books that he's written on on sort of creative process. Oh, cool. Yeah, check them out. Uh, if you can't find them, I share books. I'll just just remind me. I'll send them to you. Uh, so take us through Wonder Kid. Is it fair to call this like one of those honest to God COVID recordings? Not really. Um, okay. That one's coming next. <laughs> okay. It was too soon to come out with my COVID album. Yeah. I didn't want to be like singing about quarantine blues and stuff. Nah, 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 nah. Too on the nose. It's funny because uh, 2019, I kind of blew up my life as well. I like was living with my best friend. We had an amazing apartment and it was just like the ideal living situation. And then I had this little West Coast tour. And then I was actually going to go uh, f- work for my b- boss in France. And so I was going like, to not be in New York for three months and didn't want to pay rent for three months not living there. So we kind of like blew up our apartment and got rid of all of our things and got really minimal. And I couch surfed for like six months. Um, 
I feel like I've been training for this period of life that I'm in now where I'm like not having an apartment, being ready to tour at any moment. But this was kind of a reflection of all that, of all that instability. And it, that's, and that's why it's, I love coming out with it now because I still relate to it. <laughs> um, but it's really all about just quitting a job, following your dreams, doing the thing that you've always wanted to do, you know, running away <laughs> and uh, just doing it. So, yeah, that's why I was like, OK, I was really worried whenever COVID happened and everything for a lot of reasons, one of them being like, Oh my gosh, is this record is still going to make any sense? Like, are people only going to be listening to quarantine blues songs or can I come out with like a high energy John, take me with you, you know, so, but it works. I think it works. People, people want to watch videos of, of, happy stuffed animals and yeah, you know, yeah it's, uh, I'm referencing uh, John take me with you video, which I'll add to the, the, I'll add a link now that I've mentioned it in the show notes. I'm going to add a link folks. There's a bunch of video links uh, all there only with you. Um, so if you're listening right now and you're like, ah, I'm driving, I can't listen to this stuff. Don't worry about it. When you get home or to work or wherever you're going, just there's links or can you just Google J W Francis? That's easy too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that if you look at a lot of the, uh, the history of, of, of bands and artists, those early records, that record when the musicians were, were taking the leap, these are the ones that are so often the best. Mm-hmm. You know, in a lot of ways, they're the, they're the rawest, they're the most vulnerable. They may not be as good a drummer or guitarist or vocalist as they will become and they become mm-hmm. more polished, but mm-hmm. there's something about over-polishing things. I'm very... It, it no longer connects in the same way. It's still beautiful. It's still amazing. And it's more craft. But I think, you know, you might look back. I haven't heard the record. I've heard a few of the singles that are out, which I love. I think you might look back and go, man, this was me at an incredible point in my life. Yeah. And this might be your favorite record forever. That's my it guess. Might, it might just be. Yeah. It might yeah. just be. I might. Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you think it's your best to date? I mean, be honest. Like, not everything you put out can be the best ever. But is this your best record yet? Yes, definitely. I mean, okay. I feel like that way about every single new one. So I, yeah. my caveat to that is just wait until what's after this. Because that's probably going to be the best. But... This one, oh yeah, way better. <laughs> it's always better, and it's really funny because I work with. Uh, not only am I am I getting better and more focused, and just like coming up with a lot more ideas, so I get to throw out more of the bad ones. But the producer I'm working with, like the, the sonic quality of the songs, is a huge part of it for me. And I struggled a lot in the beginning because I really wanted it to have that lo-fi sound, but not be you know, unlistenable. <laughs> and it took right. a long time to find the right person to work with who understood because you're talking about polish sound, like every producer that you hire off of Craigslist or offline or whatever, that you, if you don't know the producer and you hire him, he will make it, she will make it polished. They will like, it'll be like a pol- it'll be like a good sounding record. And it's funny because a lot of people don't want to sound like that these days. A lot of people are like, that's just not, it's just, it's generic. It doesn't, uh, you know, really, no one can connect with that kind of sound anymore. Yeah. So you have to really carve out your own niche. And I feel like we finally, we like kind of carved our own sonic niche. It's this funny, like mid fi, like it's a low fi, high fi kind of balance. You know, you've got these like 
shitty out of tune guitars, but like mixed really well. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, it's, how many times have, well, you live, you live in New York, so you get these incredible buskers out there. We don't really have that tradition so much on the West coast, but you get buskers with sh- sometimes they have amazing instruments, but oftentimes yeah. they have shitty out of tune instruments and crowds are around them connecting in a beautiful way. And it is a musical experience. It's as genuine as something at a, a large concert hall. Right. Right. So it isn't always about the acoustics or the, how expensive your guitar is. Actually, it never is. It never really is. Yeah. You go in thinking it will be like that. They're like, there's a lot of barriers that, there's not a lot of barriers to making music anymore, but people set up a lot of barriers in their mind of like, I can't make music until I have this $300 program. I can't Mm -hmm. make music until I get this like nice guitar, this pedal that will give me this certain sound or that's the thing is I get a lot of people asking me like, what, how exactly do you get your guitar sound? Like I can't make music without this guitar sound. And it's like, nah. <laughs> it's, it's the same way with like um, photographers. Right. You know, that are aspiring. Camera. I, I got to have the right camera. I got to have the right this. And you don't, you know, the, 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 the camera you have in your pocket on your phone is better than the camera that most of your photo photography heroes ever had access to. Right. So it, it's just another, it's another excuse, frankly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> folks, here's what I want you to do though, real quick, go to Spotify or Apple music or wherever you get your music. Hey, if you want to go to JW site and order the album on vinyl or CD, uh, I'm going to give one away later on in the podcast, uh, a piece of vinyl. Do that, will you? Because supporting artists by listening to them, not going to make a lot of money when you're listening on Apple or Spotify, right? But the streams do count, showing that there's a a lot of listeners. JW isn't unknown. There's a fair amount of listeners on Spotify and a fair amount of followers everywhere. But right now, this is a man who is taking this leap of faith that I know everybody listening can relate to. If you haven't done it in your life before, your personal leap of faith and you probably have but if you haven't you're going to someday so support this guy he's a member of the super nice club just sharing his music with one two three of your friends makes a big difference all right makes a big difference in his ability to stick the landing and we all want jw to stick the landing okay (laughs) so I'm, i'm just asking you very clearly here to help spread the word on what he's doing if you like his music. If you don't, fuck it. You know, you don't ever have to do anything to support him again. That's cool. I get it. I don't want you to support something you don't believe in, but if you like his music or if you just like who he's coming across as a super nice human, let's get behind JW. All right. That's, that's my, that's my pitch to get out there. And and if you know people in England or if you're in England listening, even better because getting people to the venues during COVID is hard. Yeah. Getting people to venues anytime is hard. I've I used to run a, a performing arts theater and club, and I had to book and and promote and all this stuff. It's hard, and there's a lot of crooked promoters out there, and it's just there's hurdle after hurdle for performing artists, for touring artists. So if you know people in England, get out there, send them to JW's website because there's a tour. Uh, calendar on there or band camp, wherever you're going to go, just find JW and support him. Got it. All right, cool. See, I told you I was going to like promote it. Dude, you're great. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive into who you are for a second, JW, because 
it's pretty fascinating. I mean, we know you're a musician, but and I tend to always read the Spotify bios of people that I'm listening mm. to because it kind of fleshes out the experience a little bit. Yeah, I got to say that your blurb, whoever wrote that, there's 38 words there that we could unpack for hours. Oh, good. And and you're probably tired of doing just that. So, but no, no. as long as they're up on your bio page, people like me are going to want to dive in because. Holy shit, you are you sound like one interesting human. So listen to these 38 <laughs> words that I pulled out of his bio, folks. Listen to this. Born in Oklahoma, raised in Paris, living in New York City, assisted to a Nobel Prize winner, licensed New York City tour guide and murder mystery business owner. JW Francis is the newest signing to Sunday Best Recordings. I mean, where do we start with that? Dude, seriously. <laughs> You know, they were funny because whenever I did the, whenever I met the PR people, they were like, all right, why don't you tell us everything that's interesting about you? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, you want everything? And they were like, everything. And I was like, all right, well, here's everything I do for money. Here's everything I do for whatever. And they were like, oh my gosh, we're just going to put it all up there. Yeah. I was like, well, you don't want to like just focus on one angle. They were like, no, 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 no. We're just going to throw it all at the wall. See what sticks. See what people want to talk about. <laughs> it's like, all right. I feel like I'm going to talk about all of it. But <laughs> totally agree. Um, I'm a super nerd. So the thing that jumps out to me is the Nobel Prize winner assistant. Like, yes. yeah. So that go was... into that for a second. I don't want to distract too much, but let's just kind of no, yeah. gloss over these items and Go ahead. Give people the full picture. So, yeah, that's the job that I quit to go walk the Appalachian Trail. Okay. So I, guess I should say former <laughs> now. But um, he, uh, Joseph Stiglitz, is the man. He is one of my heroes. Wow. Uh, yeah, inequality guy, all about economic inequality, uh, wealth inequality. And uh, that's what I studied in school. I studied economics at Columbia, and he was a professor there. And I just got real close to him and uh, ended up being his little right-hand man to like not really doing research, but really just kind of being in Double Wears Prada and like getting everything he needs and setting him up and getting him on his flights and going to Paris with him. And like, it was a crazy life. And I got to really see like how power works in like an economic sense and how people treat economists like wizards and come to them like, what do I do with my economy? And <laughs> it's a really crazy world and it's really interesting. Um, but it was just like, not, you know, for me, it was, um, it was, yeah, kind of weird to see like how the sausage is made, um, <laughs> in terms of like big things like interest rates and whatnot. But yeah, so that's what I was doing for four years after college, and that was a great gig, but it was not a really big creative outlet, and I love performing and being in front of people and stuff, so music was obviously always going on in the background, but the thing that happened to me when I came to New York City for college is that I was like, oh my God, like, what is this place? I felt such a vibrational energy inside of me that made me not sleep for a long time and <laughs> i was like this place like amps me up i have to know every single thing i can about it so i got my license to become a tour guide and um started giving tours to anybody from oklahoma that would come through uh it was like a word of mouth thing i was never working for like a big company but like yeah. any family friend that came through I would be leading tours and I started to do, I made some audio tours 
that was one of my schemes is to like do that in New York with my own music and stuff and set up some kind of like music album experience where we're walking through New York and listening to the album and I'm simultaneously giving you a tour or something. I think that would be really fun because that's how I did my tours. I would love to, I would give people little cheap MP3 players that had the tour on it and we would do it together and we would stop and I would be like, pause here and I'll explain and blah, blah, blah. But Mm -hmm. I love to have that little sonic soundscape to go with the cityscape. Um, but yeah, that's the tour guide and the economy. murder mystery, murder mystery oh. business owner. Come on, okay. man. What's yeah. that? <laughs> so that was a big hobby of mine to like throughout college is that I would with a friend, we would write from scratch these role playing games where everybody has a character and then, you know, someone dies and you got to figure out who done it and there's clues and everyone's getting scrolls and improvising. And it's the funnest thing I ever did. And then my boss's wife asked me to throw his 75th birthday party. So I'm a party dude. And, um, I did it as a murder mystery and there were some people there who were like, you should do this as a team building exercise. Will you do this for as a team building exercise for my nonprofit or in my law firm and my blah, blah, blah. So I got to like, so I was like, heck yes, we incorporated, became a mm-hmm. business, <laughs> like started throwing lawyer law firm team building exercises as murder mystery events. And uh, partnered up with this thing called the New York Adventure Club that has a huge email list serve that would like it was for and so we were doing like three murder mysteries a month one every week <laughs> before COVID um, it was really fun we had like eight different stories and we actually they started as like 15 to 20 person events and we scaled them up to like 100 people where like there'd be like 15 car- suspects and like each suspect had like a posse and if you wanted to just go as a spectator, you would join as like a posse member of one of the suspects. And your job would be to like put the dirt on other people and like absolve your uh, person from the guilt. And it was the funnest thing ever. And I had I got a real big kick out of it. Would you ever come out and play a song in the middle of it? Like as, as the character? Oh, there's the there's the busker character. Maybe he did it. That was that was the funny thing about all these different lives I was leading pre-COVID that they were all completely separate. Besides the murder mystery and economics, those kind of overlapped a little bit because I threw some Christmas parties for economics people. But no, yeah, no music. I mean, I actually did end up. I was always like, I don't want to be conflict of interesty and like, you know, <laughs> like come to my party. I'm playing like, <laughs> but I would have, by the end of it, we were doing, we did one in Mercury Lounge here in New York, did one at another place called Rubelod where we got to like incorporate a band performance into the, but it was always a huge production. Like we did, we had a wedding murder mystery. And so like the band would be like the wedding band. It was always like in narrative. Um, oh, that's but, cool. Yeah. Now that you're not working uh, with Joseph any longer, yes. but you're probably still friends. Yeah. I just what do you remember. think? You think that you could get an invite to, to play like at the World Economic Forum or something? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's actually funny. They are not. Well, I don't know if I should uh, get too gossipy, but they're already like not inviting. They invited him, but they're being weird. Like they're 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 becoming more. I mean, they're already a, they're always a little bit conservative, but um, 
Yeah. They don't want they don't want to mix ethics with economics, do they? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to admit that our economic systems are completely determined by our political will. Because that would right. be really inconvenient for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> so let's go back to when you were little JW. Did you did you have a deep love for outdoors and hiking with your parents or anything? Where did the I want to walk 2,000 miles come from? It really came from a place of loving to walk. I actually don't have any history of outdoors camping. Oh, okay. First time I set up a tent was on trail. There were people who went into this very, very prepared. They had done other trails before. They had other, done other long-distance hikes. I had never done that. I was just the guy who would walk from three hours to Brooklyn to Manhattan because I enjoy walking. And that's really what I, why I felt the call to go out there. After I was like, I want to walk a lot between working a job and going and touring. I was like, where can I just walk all day, every day? And it turns out that really the only places you can do that are on long distance trails. <laughs> and it turns out it's not really walking. It's a lot of climbing and, you know, going up hills and downhills. And it's, it's really hiking uh, right. more than walking, but, um, but it's all just walking. You realize in the end, like going up or down, it's all just walking. And, what called me to it was really this meditative quality that the trail offers where you get to do the same thing every day, 10 hours a day. And it's awesome. Of course there's some monotony to it, but like your environment is always changing. You know, you're always moving, you're always sleeping in a new place every night. And yeah, I thought I was going to live like a monk and I was just going to be out there and like meditating and walking and, connecting to nature and recharging and all this stuff turns out it's way more like college and there are like people along there who just love to party and it was a huge social thing that i had no idea that it was going to be so social but you build these incredible bonds with people because you're going through a very challenging physical task <laughs> yeah do you find that people you encounter on the trail are just you're all kind of more open and more open to human connectivity while you're out there oh absolutely well just mostly because of everybody's life situation like mm -hmm. they are all everybody out there that i met was in a very big transition period of their life you know they had just quit their job or retired or graduated college or blew up their life and and told everybody to fuck off that they were going to go in the woods for four months. Um, but everybody was like in between things. And a lot of people had no idea what was coming next for them. And so this was really like, I'm just coming out here to, to seek, you know, find out what I'm made of or whatever, you know? So that was cool because I feel like my main critique of New York, of the people of New York is that, the their ideal life is always being worked towards it's always like i'm saving up to move to a bigger apartment i'm working this crappy job so i'll get promoted or i'll be, get an opportunity in somewhere else it's always like you always feel like you know you're in the race and you're like mm -hmm. you're the best is yet to come it's always like just wait just wait just wait and then you go out on the trail and it's like these people are living the dream or like this is their ideal life they are living it now in the moment and you 
then they don't want to talk about what's coming next because they don't know and it's scary. But all that matters is like we are outside living outside right now. And like, and that was a really cool, refreshing change of pace of like, it's not like just wait until this happens and this will happen. Then this will happen. Cause that's what they don't, they don't tell you about music, but there's a lot of waiting in music, <laughs> you know, <laughs> waiting yeah. for stuff to come out, waiting for shows. Even when you get to the show, you do a sound check like four hours before you perform. So right. it's like time to wait again. Like, you know, there's just so much. I feel like one big practical logistical reasons that so many musicians develop substance abuse problems is because we are asked to wait all the time. You're just <laughs> bored. Yeah, I'll have do. a drink while I wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have a smoke while I wait and all this stuff, you know, and it's just like it's just practical. Do you think we should all take a 2,000-mile hike? Would you recommend uh, dude, it to everybody? It everybody on the planet. I think it should be like, you know how some countries have like a really like problematic like military uh, requirement? Like everybody's got to be in the military for two years or whatever. Right. The fact that they can do that is like crazy to me. But the fact that they can do that means we should be able to do this thing where we say everybody's got to go walk for four months. It just teaches you people are so blinded to all the possibility or like all the possible lifestyles that there are and all the possible. It's really like we all you're fed is that you need to get a job. Mm -hmm. You have to have a job so you can get a place to live so you can save money and you can get all this stuff and like and accumulate stuff. And it's like there's people out there who have been walking the trail for years. Yeah. Been, that have like this is their like fifth or sixth time walking the trail and like that's their life they work in the winter as like a waiter or something to like just to make the money and then go back out on trail from march until october you can do that no one told you that but you can do that <laughs> you know like you, that's the thing is like there's a lot of jobs that anybody can get at any skill level that you only need to work like six months of the year if you're a very frugal person. And of course you come from like a certain place of privilege of like not having kids and not having all these like people rely on you and stuff like that. Of course. That's, right. 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 But that's why you do it when you don't have those things. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So if you're listening to this and you're graduating from high school right now, take a Go. gap year. Take a, Take a gap year. Seriously, it's not going to matter. I promise if you graduate when you're 22 or when you're 25. Matter of fact, employers are not as into 22-year-olds as they are 25-year-olds. So take take a couple gap years and don't worry about the fact that you're going to lose your steam or that you're not going to want to uh, study. That's that's not true. It's not the truth. You'll probably actually be more focused because you'll know what you're interested in two years from now. A lot of parents out there like putting this on mute probably if, if, it's, <laughs> if they're high school kids that can hear it. But nah, there's a big value to taking some time off. Or maybe you're maybe you're a sophomore in college. It's okay. Take a break. You know, you can go back. Yeah, exactly. So talking to you reminds me of a journey that a friend of mine, Jedediah Jenkins, took. He had never ridden a bicycle before. He got one and he rode from Oregon down to the southernmost tip of Patagonia. Wow. Yeah, from never riding a bike. And it was so much of what you're saying reminds me of the things that he would share. He wrote a book about it. I don't remember the title of it. It's something 
it's it's about his trip from Oregon to Patagonia. A lot of the observations he made along the way around, you know, perspective of how we live our lives, the habits we get into, and when you can break those habits so forcefully by getting out on the road, you know, either by bike or by uh, foot. These physical ways, though, I don't think RV counts. Sorry, RVs are cool or whatever, but like getting out on the road somehow. Um, how do you think we can get the essence of that in our daily life without going on the hike? Do you think there's a way, is there a shortcut for you when you can't get out on the trails? Just something that you do, you know, gets you back into that, that, that place of, of, I don't know, wisdom that you get when you're out on the trail? Kind of going for three hour walks at this point. I'm still figuring it out, to be honest. I'm kind of still figuring out how to get the endorphins because mm-hmm. I know that I'm lacking in the endorphins that I was getting from doing 10 hours of cardio a day. You know, like you're just, you're, you're jacked up and like, you're like, you feel good. You wake up in the morning like that at 6am and like you go to sleep like that, like, cause you're tired. Like everything feels a little more natural. You only drink one cup of coffee. Of course you still need coffee, but you only drink one cup <laughs> instead of like five, you know, yeah. it's like, there's a balance there. Um, but it, at the same time, it's like completely unbalanced because all you're doing is walking. So right. like there were times when I felt a little like pulled off to it. Like I was, the label was being like, you need to sell this record. You need to promote your tour. You know, my brother had just moved into college and he was asking for advice and I wasn't being very present. Like I just like wanted to be there for the people in my life more and for the label and everybody because it is very personal and it, it, it does feel a little selfish because mm-hmm. your phone's off the whole time people trying to contact you you know and you're just like la da da la 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 and <laughs> and so yeah you don't but that's the thing is you realize that um whenever you shed all the expectations that other people have of you of how you're going to respond to texts and emails mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And once you, yeah, just be it. I, I, I'm always been just hard, very, very lucky to be hardwired, to be happy. Um, but there was a lot of like little stresses and anxieties that I, that you don't even know you have and like, and blinders that you have on that you don't even know you have because your whole life is filtered through this lens of I have a nine to five that gives me stability and job and pays for this roof over my head and all this stuff. Like, and you can like take time off. You can take two weeks off. You can like vacation. You can go live a whole different life, but there's still, it's still there and you know it. Yeah. So you, you know, whenever you leave that and you shut down your email, you put on your out of office, you go into airplane mode, and you're just like, I'm just going to walk and see what I think about. It takes you to some place. Like you finally start getting honest with yourself about certain things. All of this just to say, I cannot recommend it highly enough for everybody. I mean, there was a guy out there that I met who's had a really stressful job in the real world. He was like a real estate manager and all this stuff. And um, he was someone who had anxiety. But it got to a point. Like one day his body went into a permanent fight or flight response and, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was in this state for weeks and it like 
completely messed up his digestive system and just wreaked havoc on his body because you know fight or flight you're like like so he was like that he couldn't sleep he was like he was on a cocktail of medicines whatever and he came out on trail for that reason because he was like in this constant state of panic and it worked (laughs) obviously that's like just an anecdote of one person yeah no but it's it's it was telling it was a testament to like the healing power of, of just walking all day, every day. What I also heard in there, uh, and then we can get off the trail, but um, um, I heard a little, <laughs> a little note, you know, you referenced your brother. What's your brother's name? Liam. Liam. Uh, and a, a few others, like this feeling of guilt, like maybe my doing my self care is a little self-indulgent. So you had these little feelings of guilt out on the trail as well. I think to be human is to feel guilty. Seriously. It's yeah. Or, and if you're, especially if you're Catholic or Jewish, then it's like Mm -hmm. double, triple, right? And then you're just like (laughs) steeped in guilt all the time. But, uh, sorry, mom. Uh, (laughs) an interesting thing, the way that we feel guilty for taking care of ourselves and the way that our, our people around us and the culture around us can sometimes purposely, but usually accidentally reinforce those feelings of guilt. Right. But it's also a fine line because there is such a thing as, as being self-indulgent. If you're going to stay out on the trail the rest of your life and you had people who depend on you and things like that, yeah, maybe not the coolest thing. But finding your moments to take care of yourself, everybody, please do find those moments. And that is a nicer life. That is a nicer world. If we all find those moments, this is why I think, you know, JW was saying earlier, how cool would be if everybody could walk the trail? You know, it was a mandate. But even if you can't do that, Finding those moments to take care of yourself, to find some space for yourself, it can be hard. And people around you sometimes might feel like you're separating, you're, you know, you're, you're not being part of the family unit or whatever. I think that's just an artful conversation to have. Just saying, hey, I need this time. I need this, whether it's yoga or meditation or playing one-on-one basketball or, you know, whatever it is, you know, your exertion, your physical and mental exertion to take care of yourself, do it everybody like just do that thing matter of fact that's that's going to be my uh contest giveaway for a slab of vinyl i think it's clear pink vinyl as a matter of fact is it not yeah Yeah. so uh to win yourself uh, a copy of jw's forthcoming in our time album on sweet beautiful pink vinyl just message the super nice club about a new dedication you have to taking care of yourself. And, and I, I want it to be kind of real. Like, tell me, tell us what the obstacles are to that and where you've been battling to make this new, this new thing a habit. Message us those. We'll take, uh, let's see, uh, this is going to land on the October 2nd, something like that. We'll take submissions for a week and then we'll hit the randomizer button and one of y'all will win the new record. All right. We're going to get real here in this contest. Okay. We want you to get real. And then we are going to try to, as a community, support each other in these efforts. All right. Yeah. All right. Done there. Back to music, back to music. So I want to know this after listening the hell out of your records, who did you cut your teeth on as a kid musically? Like, you know, we always compare bands, right? Because yes. we always have comparisons. Like we compare yeah. boyfriends and girlfriends to, you know, right. it's, you know, you listen and you do the lo-fi thing and you're wondering, 
did this guy grow up on like pavement and Sebado or is this something that he came up with on his own? Was there an Oklahoma scene, you know, mm-hmm. but he grew up in Paris. So like, where did this come from? Well, it's funny you mentioned pavement. I was going to ask you, who do you think I cut my teeth on? I don't know. Yeah. Probably pavement, right? And there was a game played in my house. My parents had me when they were 19, 18, 19. So they were very young parents. Uh, very, I always, I always had the coolest, youngest, hippest tattoo parents who were like, you know, my dad, funnily enough, tried to write for Pitchfork in 1999. Really? Uh, yeah, when they first started up, he sent them reviews and they didn't publish any of them. So, like, that's kind of the background I'm coming from. It's like a super indie. They like, did not publish the Quilt Invader. Oh. They didn't publish the Quilt Invader. No, and like, yeah, we would play a game in my house. Uh, is this Stephen Malkmus or is this Pavement? <laughs> <laughs> Which was just like the degree of like where we were in terms of being, you know, indie people. But that's what I really was growing up on. And then like, it was funny. It's so stupid. But like, yeah, when I was like 12 or 13 was when I like discovered the Beatles. <laughs> like, it's just like my parents were so hip and cool. And now and like feeding me all the hits all like the now classics of the day like i remember is this it and yankee hotel foxtrot and like getting all of these on like mixed cds from my dad right as they were coming out and that was what i knew as like music and then like i had like heard of you know obviously like led zeppelin and beatles and all those whatever but they were just never put on there was always music on in our place and we just never listened because they were givens kind of yeah so I remember whenever I found those out, it was also when I got into torrenting. So I remember just going through and getting the discography of everybody, just like getting the Beatles discography and the Stones and Nick Drake and all these like more like sadder oh, yeah. people and stuff. And like that was a huge time for me. And I'm glad I got to have it on my own. Or I'm glad I like got to like like no one was like, This is good music. My my dad was like, But you you haven't heard of Nate Drake, come on, where have you been? I'm like, dude, you're the only person that shows me music. Like, but, <laughs> but, um, the whole lo-fi thing actually kind of came around. It was when I was, when I came to college, I was like, I realized by then that like my favorite songs were the demos and my favorite recordings were the raw ones and whatever. And there still wasn't the term bedroom pop. It was just like lo-fi. But whenever I figured out that there was like a term, to refer to like shitty recordings. <laughs> I, I just went through Bandcamp and like everything that was tagged lo-fi that wasn't lo-fi hip hop. Cause I love lo-fi hip hop, but I wasn't looking for that. I just downloaded and found all these amazing bands. A lot of them in Canada, kind of like around the Mac DeMarco scene and all that. Mm-hmm. A lot of them actually coming from more, even more like Western Canada, this band, uh, women, who like only has, it's funny, this band is like one of my favorite bands and I'm so sad that like they're not really, they kind of like didn't make it into like, maybe maybe they'll be remembered more, but like they were called Women and then uh, their lead guitarist died and they became Viet Cong, which a lot of people were like, eh, don't call yourself that, four white dudes from Canada. That was like a terrorist group or something. Or like, they were like, please don't call yourself Viet Cong. And then they called themselves Preoccupations, which just isn't a good name. And so, like, I feel so bad for them because I love their music, but they just can't pick a good band name. Um, 
but yeah, like started a music blog, really passionate about that, like, uh, called rare candy, which I just found out like the domain expired. So I think, I think I'll have to go back and even though I don't run it at all anymore, it was like still active up until a year ago. Um, just like at the college that I went to. Right. Um, yeah, I started a music blog just as an excuse to talk to bands, mostly lo-fi bands. Uh, I was in a bunch of bands myself. Um, but I was always just like the guy who was way more involved than anybody else. Um, like I was booking the rehearsal rooms. I was getting us gigs and everyone was like, do we have to rehearse this much? And, you know, so eventually I was like, all right, I'm just going to do this myself. And, Voila. <laughs> okay. I, I you know, but I'm not just to be clear, I'm not trying to compare you, which is we try to get sort oh, of yeah. where the inspiration is from because where we're you know, from, yeah. you you hear a little bit, you just hear little hints and notes of of bands. Like, I wonder if this is just coincidental. Or my real thought was, I'll bet you that JW's parents were super fucking hip. That's what I thought, you know, because, yeah. you know, you're you're like a generation or five younger than me. And when I was coming up, we were pegged Generation X. Right. Yeah. And there was a, like a whole huge set of uh, low expectations and misperceptions, misconceptions for my generation by the older generation. Right. Yeah. You know, we were uh, we were like slackadaisical. We were all Jay Mascus. You know what I'm saying? Do you ever feel that way now like the old heads are trying to put you guys into boxes well that's the funny thing is i feel like i actually benefit more than any i feel like i benefit a bunch because people hear my music and they're like oh this remind," especially in the uk actually the guy who made the video for only with you mm-hmm. uh, like he put it together it was just a bunch of concert footage i had but he was like J-dubs, he was like, here in the UK, you really remind us of what it was like in America in the 80s and 90s and blah, blah, blah. So I think I'm like actually benefiting from this whole kind of nostalgia. I mean, and nostalgia has always been hip, but <laughs> I feel like I don't really get put too much in a box and t- unless unless I, well, it's funny because I'm on a label, they've started like running ads and Facebook ads and Instagram ads and stuff like that, which I didn't really used to do all that much. And, um, you got to use key terms and stuff like that. And one of them is this term bedroom pop, which has come to like mean, you know, lo-fi music and produce in a bedroom and whatever. And it's funny. It really angers old dudes that term. (laughs) They real. the only time I get like hate online is people being like, bedroom pop is them it's mostly like their problem with the term rather than me but they're just like this was obviously done in a studio blah 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 blah. and like hate and like why would you try to sound bad on purpose and like blah 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 and so i'm like yeah whatever you don't get it yeah but uh but no i mean the thing is is like i'm not really doing anything crazy genre bending um you know, if I was Lil Nas X doing a uh, trap country song and being like, this is country, this is country, and it's got trap beats on it, 
you can totally understand why that makes like a splash and people are like it's controversial whatever oh i don't he gets my golden troll of the year award little nas yeah i mean he's He's i'm i I love what he's doing yeah we all well we don't all love but most of us love what he's doing yeah but yeah i'm Maybe one day I'll try to do some genre bending or whatever, but right now I'm like, I just got a lot to say with my little guitar. Yeah. But that's the only thing is people my age or like younger are like, that is so embarrassing that you're still playing a guitar in 2021. You know, it's like, really? Guitar? Haven't you heard of Ableton? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, you know, I just like it. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I was instantly charmed because I'm like, this is like my jam. This kind of reminds me of stuff when I was, because I worked at Tower Records back in the day and just like, you know, in the 90s and um, saw a lot of shows, just loved it. Loved music. Not a musician at all, but just definitely somebody who loves it and, and appreciates it. And especially singer songwriters, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to, I'm going to start a new thing with you. Uh, on the podcast, Ooh, uh, yeah. we're doing right now. It's it's called. I'm gonna have to come up. Maybe you can come up with a better title for it. But for right now, it's called latest Instagram post. <laughs> awesome. So let me pull up your Instagram page, and we're just gonna oh. like look at everybody's latest Instagram post. Talk about it real quick. Okay, so there's no video on this. JW's latest Instagram post, which you can enjoy when you pull over from driving. JW underscore Francis. All right, Instagram. There's two underscores. Is it two underscores? I think it looks like one, but I'm pretty sure it's two. Oh, that's complicated. Well, whoever has JW one underscore, you need to give that up. All right? No, not even a thing. Can you just give up JW single underscore? So what we have here is we have, oh, it's a video. Very rainbow clouds and almost fractally animation with the new record with wonder kid wonder kid and the vinyl it's the vinyl it's the the packaging oh and the cd packaging and the vinyl and, oh it's not just pink it's also blue you can they got a blue and a yellow and a yellow oh okay yeah. great and it's a, the album cover which is like a, a rainbow mountain yep. right it's a really cool graphic do you is that you did you come up with that design do we have a graphic designer we can shout out uh yes the graphic designer is called hello blue days all right Props to Hello Blue Days for a great logo that I think the logo alone might sell Super. your record, especially on yeah, your. I told them, I was yeah. like, just put it in a store and it will sell because yeah. it looks awesome. But this know? has got to be, I mean, wait, people will buy this as a, as a patch. All right. So forget his music, folks. There's a great logo yeah. on Instagram. Great logo. I'm a yeah. big fan. Uh, and so that's what's up there. And it, and it says six days with a. Little halo uh, emoji smiley face, and it tags at Sunday Best Rex, which is Sunday Best Records. That's it. That's it. and I'm going to follow Sunday Best Records now. Bam, we're good to go. That, that's the end. Unless you have anything else you want to add to um, what did I call this section? Latest what Instagram. Um. Yeah. No, I'm going to make an Instagram post right after this, which is my dad's. My dad does illustrations, and he's been drawing my tour posters. So I'm going to post a little tour poster that my dad did for the upcoming shows in the UK: Birmingham, Manchester, London. Your dad also does quilts. Yes, he does. Yeah, he makes quilts and he does doodles. You got to check out folks on Etsy, Quilt Invader. I did. Yeah. Cool, fun. If you're into quilts, and a surprisingly 
large number of people are into quilts. So for oh. you quilters out there, check out Quilt Invader. I'm, you know, going to give some props right there. That was that was a new feature. Do you have a do you have a better name for it than latest Instagram post? Um, let's see. Um, Insta, uh, Insta update or what you posting or um, post you- much. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll throw those all in the hopper. If anybody has a really great name for this section of the podcast, instead of latest Instagram post, whoever sends me the best name, if I use it, we'll send you a super nice club shirt. All right, there we go. We're going to outsource this stuff. That's how it's done. That's how it's done. We just just trade genius for shirts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. And then who musically? I got to ask you this. It's kind of a stock question, I think. Who do you really want to play with? Let's put it out there in the universe. Let's just put it out there. You never know who's listening. Who do I really want to play with? Um, I really want to play with... Gosh, it's so hard. I feel like I'm really still figuring myself out. <laughs> so, like, I'm supposed to actually give a list of people. Do you know anybody in London? Who Who's a musician in London that I should want to play with? Because the label is asking me this right now on my phone. They're like, hey, give us a list of people you want to get in a studio with to make songs. And I'm like, that is so intimidating. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. that really like, is. Who would I want? I mean, like, I guess like King Cruel would be really amazing, but he seems like, I don't know if he's nice, you know, he might be like really mean. (laughs) Like, How am I supposed to make music with someone who's like that? I don't know. Who knows? That's funny. You mentioned King Cruel because uh, we went record shopping yesterday and my lady comrade, Sandra, she bought one record and it was King Cruel. Nice. Latest on vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going to go with King Cruel. Let's go with King Cruel, yeah. Yeah, all right. So putting that out there and I'm out there. I'm gonna say King Cruel is nice. King Cruel, anybody out there uh have connections to King Cruel? Uh what's what's is it Archie? Is that is Archie Marshall? Yeah, Archie, yeah. Anybody got connections to Archie? Let us know. Yeah, we wanna we wanna hook up Archie with JW. Cool? Yeah, sick. Yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. So What's the future, man? What's the future hold for JW Francis? What do you want it to hold? What's the what's the path? Oh, the path is me. Appellation? I've never been behind the wheel of a car. Okay. And I would like to learn how to drive and then get a van and tour for 10 years straight. Damn, that's specific. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go play the UK and do all that. And uh, I'm going to be like back and forth for the rest of the year doing a little show in New York in December, maybe, and like, whatever. But come January 2022, I'm going to go to Oklahoma, learn how to drive, buy a van, drive the van to New York City, record another album, and hopefully they got a spring tour. Apparently, I'm being considered for, like, a bunch of different tours for as, an, as a support act uh-huh. um, for the spring. Looking for, like, a big juicy 40 day tour that's like just takes me all across america hopefully playing south by southwest come out with another record in the summer just like keep it going like definitely keep i keep your eyes on me like (laughs) like i'm not gonna it's only ramping up people think like this is the big record like wonder kid it's like yeah this is the beginning right (laughs) you know (laughs) 
So yeah, I'm like, I'm all in. I'm like, there's no, there's no, I'm not going away. Yeah. <laughs> so van, but, van life is coming up. Van life's coming up. Van life. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I hope it takes you out to the West Coast. Before you go, we got two things, JW. The first is you get to issue the Be Nice Challenge. Some sort of challenge for listeners, Super Nice Club members, something they can do uh, to make their world a little bit nicer. I was going to, let's, this is a two-part challenge. Okay. Walk, make an effort to walk every day. It will improve your mood. It will make you a nicer person. And two, make an effort to include people. Even the nicest people that I know, this is just a very easy, forgettable thing, is that Whenever you're throwing a party, whenever you're having some people over, just make sure everyone can eat the things that you're serving. Everyone can enter the building that you're throwing this in. Because I used to throw gigs in basements and I would, you know, and it would suck because they would not be accessible spaces. And I've got Mm. friends who can't get in. And it's just like make that effort to just include everybody, but also in like just conversations and social situations, there's a lot of weird, awkward people out there and it can be really easy to be like, they're weird and awkward, not my friend, but it does a world of difference. Especially now I'm talking to like my little brother who just started college and it's so hard to like make new friends and, be with new people. And every time I, he tells me a story of like someone inviting him to go play Frisbee or something like that, I'm like, you don't know how much it means to people to get that invitation to, to just be seen a little bit. And it's really easy to make people feel seen and make people feel heard. I love and, that. And Liam, your brother's totally right. It's yeah. as the as the socially awkward weird guy at a lot of parties over the years, and I still have large crowd sort of anxiety at times. Um, always feel like an outsider mm-hmm. in parties. I just can't get over it. Or I'm trying to. I'm getting there. Uh, it makes such a big difference. You know, there are those those hosts or just guests sometimes that are so good at noticing folks that are wallflowers and pulling them into conversations with kindness. Um, Mm -hmm. We need to do that. We all need to do that. Yeah. I love that. I love that challenge. We're going to (laughs) issue that challenge officially right now. Next week will be our challenge podcast, which we will basically just be a short episode encapsulating just your challenge. There'll be some giveaway involved with that, of course. Uh, But that is, I love that. So get outside and walk and be inclusive. That can stretch across so many facets of your life and your day. Okay, lastly, here's the last part. This is the fun part for you, I think. This is finally gets fun for you. You get (laughs) to ask a question of me. You get to be the host. Any question, lay it on me. Oh, What's a super nice thing that you have done recently? Wow, boy, um, that's a tough question. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, it's, actually, it's been it's been I'm kind of weird few days here. Um, okay, so right now, I don't know if this is super nice, but uh, a friend of mine called me last week and said, "Hey, a friend is in a real awkward spot. She has these people coming into town." And they're all gathering uh, as part of her new foundation uh, to work on this hugely ambitious effort to funnel a billion dollars to 
BIPOC, uh, minority entrepreneurs and innovators. Uh, this, I mean, this, this woman, uh, Alicia, is just really going for it. And guys, that might sound silly, a billion, like how is she going to do it? The West Coast, at least, is dripping with money. There's so many yeah. super billionaires looking to, you know, uh, do good or just at least, you know, lessen their guilt for not doing good. That it's a realistic thing. Anyway, uh, her facility backed out at the last minute. And she has a, a network coming out to shoot this thing a little bit, you know, for part of a TV show. Uh, so um, I organized a last minute uh, place, a great place for them to um, set up and and didn't have to pay anything for it. And oh, that's super uh, nice. so I guess that's super nice. It's just like, you know, problem solving. You don't think of it as nice or not nice. It's just a friend comes to you and says, hey, can you think of anything? And I love being put in problem solve mode. I really do. I don't care what the problem is. I don't care if it's where to host an event or fix somebody's car or friend comes with, you know, relationship stuff. Yeah. It felt, it, you know, it felt good to, to solve that problem. That is awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's going on today. Yeah. That's, oh, they're, they're, they're doing that, that meeting today. So that's been my morning before I uh, hopped on with you was make sure that was all set up. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, hey, man, it's really cool getting to know you. I'm really glad that you're a member of the club. I'm excited for you for your new record. I know it's a nerve-wracking time. Like, you got to do the stuff that you don't want to do, which is like look at sales reports and metrics and all this stuff, and it probably equates with self-worth and what do people yeah. think it's any good. And screw all that, man. Get out there and have an amazing tour. Yeah. This is the, this is the root of your next record is what you're going to be experiencing in the coming weeks. I'm a big believer. I'm a fan, man. I'll say it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of JW Francis. And I hope that you listeners get on board. Get on board the, I was going to say train, but I'm going to say van. <laughs> get on board the future van of JW Francis. Exactly. I'll see you at a show one day. Have an amazing time. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for this. This is fun. And uh, real quick, Rosie, girly action. Thank you. You're the best. Oh, yeah. So there you have it, a super nice conversation with super nice, super talented, super adventurous, future van life liver, J.W. Francis. Check out his music, stream it, put some songs on repeat, open up a couple phones in your house, a couple laptops, uh, your car stereo, whatever, and uh, pick out some different songs and just put them on repeat for 72 hours, for Christ's sake. Help J.W. out. Bump him up in the rankings. Get him on some cool playlists. That's all we're asking. That would be super nice. <coughs> if you can't do that just buy five or ten copies of his record it's good enough you know it's, it's your nice deed for the week uh love jw really do look forward to seeing him meeting him some of these guests when i talk to them i just oh pretty much all of them they they fire me up can you hear me fired up in my voice i'm getting over cold but i'm still fired up anyway go for a walk today too how about that how about you just take off the uh take off the headphones or Stop doing the work that pays the bills or, you know, skip your, skip your TV show, your Ted Lasso episode, you know, the one where if you haven't got to episode nine of season two yet, just skip it. It's terrible. It's terrible. You'd think that coach could hold his own. He can't hold his own in an episode. It's awful. Um, so skip season, episode nine of Ted Lasso season two and go for a walk. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it's a great idea. Uh, but while you're walking, make sure that J.W. Francis' songs are on repeat on your streaming service, okay? That's what would be awesome. Next week, 
We have another podcast. Next week, we have JW's Challenge, and you can win a record or two. So stay tuned uh, for the next episode where you can execute JW's Francis's super nice challenge, and then it, there are instructions on how to get back to me and, and, and win the prize. Yeah. Okay. Love all of you. Until next week, stay nice, everyone. So what? Big deal.